When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today is January 20th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 555, that's right, three fives in a row, features our pal, former ESPN writer, Seth Landman. I'm Evan Valenti, and today's show is powered by FanDuel and Factor Meals. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers receive $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. And head to factormeals.com slash Celtics50. Use the code Celtics50 to get 50% off. What's up, everybody? New edition of Celtics Beat. Great to have you here with us. You may be thinking, but wait, cough. You guys normally record on a Sunday. Well, two responses to that. One, we can do whatever the hell we want. And two, we figured, you know what? Why not bring it to you on a Saturday around all the craziness that is the football weekend, just in part because the Celtics, they played on Friday. This was a pretty big deal against the defending champion Denver Nuggets. And of course, they play again on Sunday. So in the interest of giving this show and potential talking points, just a little bit more shelf life, let's come at you, sandwich this broadcast in on a Saturday. And we are thrilled to be here with you, Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti. Seth Landman's back with us, who uh, really, you know, I've, I've wanted to have him back on for a few weeks now, and he's been very difficult to schedule with. But putting that aside. Busy man. Busy, busy man. But putting that aside, I think it, it everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. And I think the fact that we were able to do this show with you here today as opposed to in past weeks, it just makes more sense because the Celtics are coming off of really the most anticipated game that has been on their schedule for some time. You know, given that obviously the 19-0 and at home going into – a gigantic test with Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets coming into the garden. And, uh, you know, unless you live under a rock, you certainly know the streak is over. The Celtics are not going to go unbeaten at home during the regular season this year. There's still hope for the playoffs, baby. But at least uh, during the regular season, that is not going to happen. 41-0, a pipe dream. We'll we'll just have to settle for 40-1 and if they can get there, obviously. But I- I'm curious what the perspective is for you guys looking back on that game Friday night. Obviously, it was a narrow loss to the Nuggets. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, Boston choked it away or anything like that. It's not like the Celtics were ever dominating that game and running away, and my God, how did the Nuggets get back into it and that sort of thing. It was nothing like that. They they had a, you know, a a lead late. You know, they certainly could have won the game, but I guess that that brings me to this, Seth. I, I think that the Celtics, if in 
if in fact, you know, we, we live in this like alternate universe where the Celtics do go, you know, 40 and one at home, which I know is not going to happen, but let's just say, I think they could look back at this game and say, that was a missed opportunity. That was a winnable game that we let kind of slip through our fingers a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a winnable game, which I think is to their credit as a team. I mean, like Denver's two best players, one of whom happens to be the best player on the planet right now. Um, they had pretty good games, you know, 34, 35 points apiece. Yeah. Um, they were making their shots. Jamal Murray was like cooking everyone we tried to put on him. Um, so, I mean, like, yes, it's a missed opportunity, but also, like, if, I think if you watch the Celtics' fourth quarter again, specifically the last few minutes where they were struggling to score points, I, I don't think you're going to hate those possessions if you don't look at whether the shot went in or not. I mean, like, um, except for the final possession of the game, and I would love to get into that. I think I think that is a real issue, um, the way they execute in, like, in moments where there is only one possession left or in two for ones, things like that, like moments where, uh, where they don't, where the, where the process dictates that like one guy is supposed to have the ball and shoot it. I think mm-hmm. the Celtics struggle in that mo- those moments, but I, I was actually pretty encouraged down the stretch that they kept running their stuff and generating open shots. Um, like could Tatum have pulled it back in transition and not tried to drive on a three on one, Sure, but also that's like that's the very complaint that he doesn't get to the rim enough that people seem to have about him. So I'm not I'm not really at this point I'm not really sure what people want from these guys. Um, you know, it's a it, it's a game against the best team in the league, and they missed a bunch of threes. They, what were they like thirty two percent on threes last night? If they, I, you know, if they shoot their normal percentage, they win against the best team in the league, and I think that's basically all you can ask for. I will say that possession that you're talking about that a lot of people have talked about with Jason Tatum going to the bucket one on three I was one of those people in real time screaming at my television like what are you doing slow it down let your teammates catch up and turn this into a real possession and I I do think there's an argument to be made there but but what I what I will contend is that in the immediate aftermath, I'm not even like, oh well sleeping on it or rewatching the fourth no the immediate aftermath of that play where they simply just show it again in slow motion. They show the instant replay because my my feeling was the the reason I didn't like it in the in the heat of the moment was he didn't seem like he was ever in control. He seemed like he was forcing it, you know, down uh, down down the lane and and ultimately, you know, lost control. When in reality what happened was he was in control. He tried to get around a couple of guys and as he went up at the last moment the ball got knocked away. So, you know, it was defended well. I'm not going to really credit the defense so much because, again, there were three of them and one of him. It should have been defended well. Again, that's the argument for slowing it down. But at least I can understand what he was thinking as opposed to, you know, in the moment initially feeling like he was just it was like a, a, a ball rolling down a hill was what it felt like watching it in real time when, again, you watch it back and it's like, no, all right. I see what he was trying to do. It just didn't work. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I think also, I think, um, you know, like transition opportunities are the, are the easiest ways to score in the NBA. There's what was there less than a minute left in a game where they needed a bucket. Like uh, you got to try to take the chances you can take. And, and he, 
I think there is a sense with players that they think they might get fouled in those situations. I, I sort of would question whether that's a good idea. Part of what I want to get into at some point if we have time is that I think the Celtics actually need to shoot more threes in these situations, but maybe we'll get there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought Tatum played like a really, really, really good floor game last night. I thought he was like totally in control. I was watching with a couple friends and we kept commenting on how easy the game seemed to be coming to him. I just think they missed a bunch of open looks. It happens sometimes. Yeah, you go back, go back and look at, I think it's mandatory viewing. Uh, if you don't know by now, the, the guy on Twitter's handles Nate, N-E-I-G-H-T. I think it's Nate with underscore. Um, you know who I'm talking about. I think it's mandatory. I think if you're going to talk about this game, it's mandatory requirement to go back and watch the last four minutes of the game because he did a good job of stringing all the offensive section together, all the offense plays. They were all good looks. They were all good shots, like with the exception of maybe one of the threes they took at the end, but they got the offensive rebound and the ball kicked out to Derek White, who, again, Derek White makes the right play 97% of the time, and he took an open three, and he just he was short. It just happens. I mean, I thought last night the, the thing I took away was I thought in the first half when they were only up six and they had won the turnover game, they were winning the points in the paint, and they were killing the Nuggets from three. And the fact they were only up six I thought was a problem just because – if those all those factors are in your favor and you're only winning by six against the best team in the league, they're going to come out and do something different, and you're going to have to adjust. Um, those are just two really awesome teams. I, I I was really impressed with the defense on both ends last night. Um, yep. I love the people that are are like, oh, Boston only scored um, what four points in the last four minutes and fifty seconds. Well, guess what? Denver scored like six, so it's not like anybody was lighting it up from the field last night the end of the game it was just really two incredible basketball teams going at it um yeah if if the jays aren't like one for two of 15 combined from three-point range last night they win the game so you know i mean there was no more just sphincter tightening moment than watching jalen brown miss those two free throws when you're down a couple and then immediately miss a three-pointer after they actually got an offensive board on it that was just and they got the offensive board after that and they kicked out the white for the three and he missed it so it's again, like, yeah. you know, again, Seth, it, we've talked about this on the show a ton. It's it's more to me about the process than the results sometimes. And the process last night was really good at the end of games. This is the one thing I think people are getting really lost on here is like, oh, they're not clutch or or they're, they're, they're X or they're Y and they're Z or they stink. Like, okay, it's totally different now than it was in past years where the ball, like I, I used the example in the Minnesota game the other night. When Tatum was at the top of the key, swings it to Al. Al swings it one more to Holiday in the corner with 20 seconds left, and he buries the three to go up two. And it's like that's the stuff where you're like, oh, this team is starting to really finally get it. It's not about one guy dribbling out at the end of the game to try and and get something. It's more about finding the right shot at the right time. And last night, let's go to the end of the game. What was it, 17 seconds left or 20 seconds left in the game? They try and draw something up. Kudos to Denver. They sniffed out all of it, and they didn't get a great look, so they called timeout again. And people are like, oh, Joe doesn't take timeouts. It took two in 20 seconds to try and get something great. Sometimes, folks, the other team does something really good to stop you from winning the game. And that's kind of what happened last night. And I thought, you know. Wait, we have to give credit somewhere else? You're going to have to because that was a really really high-end basketball game. I do want to say though, I, if we could drill down to the very last, like to the to Tatum's 
decision with five seconds left though. Cause I think, I do think this is where I want to get like, I want to back up and get a little philosophical about this team. Like the, um, let's not even call it threes. Let's call it jump shots versus like post-ups driving to the rim kind of possessions. Um, if you look at like, if you look at the, um, at like tracking data and what the guys on this team are great at, what they're great at is spot ups. That's like the, on spot, on like spot up shooting possessions, they have like five guys who are in the top like 80 percentile or higher. And so, um, I, th- I, I get why people are like concerned that the Celtics don't get to the rim enough or that like they need more variety in their possessions or that it's a little scary that they lead the league in three in like percentage of their shots that are threes by such a wide margin. At the same time, that's the team they've built. They've built this team that has like elite shooting. And when they move the ball and those are, those are like clean looks, those looks have all kinds of advantages. You don't turn the ball over on those looks. You get a lot of offensive rebounds on those looks. When they go in, they're worth three points instead of two. Like, um, I think I think in a lot of cases like mo- like getting a couple passes, catching and shooting the ball is a lot easier than what Tatum's trying to do in these moments where it's like where he's um where it's like 30 something seconds left in a quarter and he's trying to get a 2 for 1 and like or it's the last shot of a game and he's trying to manipulate the clock in a way that means he or J- or if Jalen's doing it has to be in control of the ball for that whole possession and I don't think I just think we struggle to score when defenses are able to load up on the one guy. And so I like, I I don't know if it has to be threes, like for some team, like we have a lot of great cutters on this team and maybe there's opportunities for that to happen as well. But I like, I worry that in this focus on shoot on like the idea that they might be shooting too many threes, they're actually going to get away from the stuff that just like, when when it when you say that you want a team to like take what the game gives you or like not fight the game or like let like whatever the defense is giving you that's what you have to take in many cases the Celtics do that by generating clean jump shot jump shooting looks and the big well go ahead well it's just, it's yeah i mean again go back to that play in minnesota spot up 3 to to take a two point take two point lead look yeah. at again the catch and shoot numbers on this team are outrageous and yep. as you say, the personnel, looking at the shooters. I mean, it, I don't know who the worst shooter on a catch-and-shoot three is on this team. Like, on catch-and-shoot might be Jalen. Is it? Yeah, is it like Jalen? Actually, it's Hill? it's Porzingis. But uh, but, he, but, he ha- but he's he's such a great – like, they're all great shooters. To set the yeah. point, like, that's what, that's what they should be hunting. They should be looking to get – to generate someone, you know, getting a – a wide open catch and through shoot three point look. If they really want to, you know, lean into this again, that's going to just going to set the internet on fire because this team shoots too many threes already or whatever. But that's what this that's their strength. So instead well, can, of instead of bogging the possession down and having all the attention focus on one guy, maybe they can use that to their advantage to get someone else open or just maybe have Derek White start with the ball. That's another you know just another thought. Um, but like again, yeah, we're we're talking semantics at the end of the game against the best team in the league, not named the Boston Celtics. So sure. you're talking about really high, 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 high and, and, and basketball and the execution has to be high. That's all. Just one quick little stat about this. So I looked up, I got to read it off my notes here. Final minute of the fourth quarter or of overtime with the score within three, 
and this is just for games that both the Jays played in. Mm-hmm. There's, we have 21 possessions in that situation so far this year. We, I keep saying we, it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Listen, so, you're an honorary member of the team. So in those 21, 21 possessions, zero for six on two-point field goal attempts, three for seven on three-point attempts, which is 41%. However, 12 points off free throws. So all the points, so nine points off threes, 12 points off free throws, but they haven't made any two pointers in that situation. I went back and looked up a couple previous situations The honestly, their percentage on threes and twos in these situations is, are, it's basically the same percentage. It was like 37% on twos, 35% on threes. I think this idea that it's like automatically a more reliable play in today's NBA to go for a two in that situation is like a little bit bogus. Actually, what you want is just a clean look at the, like just a clean look. However, you can get a clean look. That's your best shot at making the basket in these situations where you need one hoop. And so like, yes, you might get fouled, but if you drive to the hoop, you might turn it over. Also, I, I just think, you know, I think quibbling with these decisions when they shoot a three, I, what I really want is for them to throw a few passes and not just put the gut ball in one guy's hands and have him trying to dribble. So anyway, that's, that's where I'm at with the end of the game stuff. Move the ball. All right, we're going to take a quick break from Seth. Tell you about uh, a couple of different places that are kind enough, obviously, to sponsor this show. We begin with our friends at FanDuel, F. That's right. NFL season is coming down to the end. The big game is well within reach, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, thanks to us, get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Whether you win or you lose, doesn't matter. You get 150 bucks in bonus bets. It's the best. I, you know, I don't even have to be right. It's amazing. Just place a bet. You get 150 bucks. Boom, and you can use it on same-game parlays after you get all those bonus bets. Same-game parlays, there's new bets in the Explore tab. Take a look at that. You can make parlays in the Parlay Hub. I'm looking at Kaufman. Super Bowl mm. odds for the NFL right here. Niners. Oh, you're jumping way ahead. Yeah, Niners plus 175. Ravens plus 250. I'll never give up on the Bills at plus 480. Then this is on a Saturday. We don't know what has happened yet. Um, but I'm going to have faith in the Bills. I really like the fact say, that they your, can... What are your bets for the weekend? Let's try it. Where people might not even listen until after these games have been completed. Let's try and sound smart. All I, right. Which way you bet in these four games? So let's go Let's go to the odds here. Uh, I like... Uh, I, I'm really in on the Texans plus nine and a half. Okay, me too. Too many points. Uh, Packers plus 10, too many points. No, Niners, nine, I got the Niners minus nine and a half. Uh, Well, it's 10 right now on FanDuel. Um, I like the Lions minus six and a half. I think they're, they're just significantly better than Tampa. And then I like the Bills minus two and a half. So, uh, probably, probably fade me. Probably the best way to do that. No, I mean, we're, we're, we're basically split there. All right. Well, hey, look, somebody's got to win. Um, but I, I, if I had to get gun in my head right now, that's what I would do. Um, but I, I love the Bills. Uh, go, uh, go Bills Mafia. I'm a big fan. Visit fanduel.com slash Boston for, that 150 bucks in bonus bets. It's FanDuel slash Boston. FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner 
of the NFL. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued with non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100-NEXT-STEP or text Next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800, or it should be 1-888-789-777, or visit org slash chat. In Connecticut, 109 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 100gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. I just we're generally a bigger picture show, obviously, than a a post game show, and I don't feel like this conversation has been entirely a, a game recap. Obviously, we're we're sort of like what we were just talking about, trending into some of the bigger things that matter. But you know, we we often joke in our text thread, and we will text constantly about this team and about the league, and and we'll you know you will be. Uh, you're borderline famous, Seth, for saying none of this matters. Like, let's just none get to the playoffs, and you know we've. We've talked about that a lot on this show with you and without you, just the 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 notion that there's nothing this team can necessarily prove until April, yeah. May, June. And I, I think that's true. That in mind, you know, I obviously it would have been great if the Celtics beat the Nuggets and we're sitting here and we're talking about 20 and 0 and dissecting the home schedule and who's the next team that realistically could trip them up. And it'd be a fun conversation to have. It's dead. That doesn't matter, though. I think independent of the result in this most recent game, the thing that I'm just really happy about, Ev talked about it, you know, the two terrific teams playing terrific basketball, and and it's not even like the Celtics, you know, best players were at their best. Jason Tatum did not have his best game. Jalen Brown, sure as hell, at least offensively, did not have his best game. You could say that Jokic was phenomenal Uh, whether or not it was his best I'm not saying but he was phenomenal Jamal Murray was phenomenal those two guys playing the two-man game they do absolutely incredible but I like that you know not that I ever anticipated this but I like that it wasn't be it on one side or the other the Rockets game again the Spurs game again like I, I just think if there is something to be gained for this team with the playoffs still a ways away but you know they'll be here before you know it it's playing tight games against good teams that you very realistically could see later on in the playoffs and and you want them to show you some of their best stuff just as you're showing them some of your best stuff you want to let some of those tricks out of the bag a little bit and see what this thing ends up looking like you know in the long term but i think that there's just there's value in that like these games beyond that the win-loss of it all, it doesn't matter. Because this team, based on where it is in the standings right now and the head start that it's given itself, maybe it'll be one, maybe it won't be, but it's definitely going to have home court. You know, the Celtics aren't going to slide that much. So generally, these games, they don't matter in terms of the results. What does matter is how you're playing them, how you're going through them, what you're learning about, not only the opposition, but about yourself in the moment that you can take with you down the stretch. And 
you know, I, I just don't think that as many playoff runs as this group has had or or the prime players in this group and as many deep playoff runs, as much experience as there is, you can't have too much. You can't have too much experience. So I think, you know, I think that is something we could take out of that game as a positive. I hear you. I do. I, I swear I hear However, you. <laughs> I, I, I just think like, okay, here's what I think. The Celtics best game, actually, let's not put it that way. The Celtics like, uh, B plus game is better than any other team's B plus game. Like if, if they, I think they're, I think they have the best team in the league right now. My mm-hmm. question is, um, how often can they reach their A game when another team is playing their A game? And so I think that is where against a team like Miami last year in the playoffs or, you know, if, if the Celtics play against the Nuggets in the finals mm-hmm. this year, for example, the Nuggets are going to find their A game. That's what Jokic does in the playoffs. He they tighten up their rotation. All the sh- all the stuff where like Michael Malone is playing these like five man bench lineups that are getting killed, like that goes away in the playoffs. Aaron, we saw Aaron Gordon at center last night. That's going to happen in the playoffs. You know, can the Celtics um, against another team that's playing their absolute best? when it comes to the like couple of like most important possessions in a game, can they find a way to get out of their, like um, one of the Jays has to have the ball and can they just move the ball and generate the shots that have been made that make them a better, like average team than any other team in the league. Can they get to those things that they're great at? And I think that's what we keep seeing. Like, and I, I do think like, hopefully like the Porzingis and the post thing helps out with that. Hopefully a holidays, like ability to do a little more creation helps out with that. But I think like when I say we, there's nothing for us to learn here. What I'm, what I'm saying is like, I can't, I just, it doesn't, none of it like matters to me until we're like in the finals against a team that's just as good as us. Like, in those possessions. And that's what's going to determine whether they win the title. I think if the Celtics play the game they played last night, like for the first 47 minutes and 55 seconds, they're going to win the championship. But it's those last five seconds that I'm worried about. Well, yeah. just And what's interesting is, I don't know if you would say Denver had their, their A-plus game last night, because the, the guys that aren't Jokic and Murray weren't great. I mean, offensively, there wasn't a lot going on there. So, you know, Boston has the ability to make teams play their B plus game as well, which I think you can hold your hat on. The one thing I'll say in terms of this team is, and I think I want to piggyback kind of off what Seth just said in terms of like becoming kind of two Jays reliant in the games. I think mm-hmm. they forget that they have Chris Dabbs Porzingis on the team as a safety valve and they just don't, they don't go to it a ton. And I think it's just because they've never had somebody like that on this team to really help the both of those guys out. Um, and you know, with five seconds to go, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of things you could do, but I'm talking before that, trying to get him involved more in, in not just, you know, pick and pop from three, but yeah, but let's, let's see if we can get Porzingis a, a post touch. Cause one of the things that's gone up this year is, is Porzingis's free throw rate has been through the roof this year. Mm-hmm. He's drawing fouls. Like he's like a magnet this year. It's, it's, I think maybe his best year at, in terms of free throw rate, like in his career, and I think they should lean into that a little bit more uh, in the second half of games. Like he started, he started the game off. He was on fire. He was basically going toe to toe with Jokic to start the game. It was like Jokic twelve, Porzingis eleven. The first like three minutes, and it was wonderful to watch. It was beautiful. 
But like you just kind of forgot about him in the second half. And I don't know if that's because the flow of the game dictated that or if that's just because the, it became too Jays. Like, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the game again to really to get that sort of feel for it. And we're not 24 hours moved from that game. So it's, you know, obviously haven't been able to do that yet. But this is, again, part of the process that we talk about, you know, learning each other. Like, obviously, this team today is way better than it was than when they, when they started the season. I mean, they are way better now. It's so much fun to watch this team because of the way they share the ball, move the ball. Defensively, they're doing so many things. Um, just as a quick quip, if anybody wants to talk about how bad Joe Missoula is, listen to what Jamal Murray said about like, what they did defensively like against him last night. Uh, they threw everything at Jamal Murray. He just couldn't miss. He did a lot. They did a lot of stuff. Two one two zone, straight man. They did a bunch of stuff with him last night. Um, but you know, can Joe or can the the team find a way to just change it a little bit at the end and change again? The 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 addition of Porzingis was to help change the geometry of the floor. And instead of becoming, and this is what this is what Brad talked about. They became too easy to guard at the end of games because they're so three reliant. They need to just lean into the the low post stuff a little bit more. I think that'll go a long way for them. But again, here we're sitting here. Again, it was a fantastic game last night. Potentially an NBA Finals preview. Um, I loved every second of it. I would watch seven more just like it. I had so much fun. Um, the tension was unreal. The crowd was great. Um, just a few tweaks, and and again, we're talking about again the two best teams in the league. They're they're yeah. and again, I, I've. I haven't watched everybody every game, but that's some of the highest level basketball I've seen this year, without question. One more break because uh, listen, I, I'm I'm getting hungry, Ev. I'm getting yeah. hungry. I want I want to tell the people we we got to put Seth aside. We got to put it. We got to lock him in another room for a second yes, because sir. I don't want to make him hungry too. But I know you're hungry. Sorry. I'm hungry. How do we cure that? Well, we can carry it with Factor. Today's show is brought to you by Factor. Factor's ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery store, the prep work, the cooking fatigue. It all stinks. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. And with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, more as well. Plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kick start your resolutions factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast smoothies juices snacks and more to keep me and Kaufman and everybody else going no matter what's on the schedule i will admit folks i threw a holiday party in december and it took up a lot of my time i legitimately lived off factor meals whether it was the meals themselves the smoothies the protein shakes for an entire week and let me tell you a they're delicious i mean I was blown away at the quality of what I was tasting. It was I, I I've I've had a lot of these things in the past. Coffee, we've done a couple of these. This is the sure. best version of them by far. The, the 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 quality of the food is amazing. The portion control is awesome. And the best part is the I don't have to do anything. I just put it in the microwave, done easy and there's no prep work like with other ones we got to sit there you got to measure everything out it stinks it's a pain skip all that stuff and stick to factor head to factormeals.com slash celtics50 and use the, the code celtics50 to get 50 percent off that's code celtics the number five the number zero at factormeals.com slash celtics50 to get 50 percent off all right let's get back to seth and wrap up this show 
Seth, anything to add to that? Oh, uh, no, I agree. I mean, <laughs> well, while we're here. <laughs> those are great games. That was a great game. And those are two great teams for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what, uh, but before we do break here, because this is going to be a, a shorter show than what our listeners and viewers are used to, maybe that's a good thing. I don't they're, know. You they're going to be so glad. You guys tell us in the comment sections. This show is going to be about a, a quarter of the length of uh, a typical Evan Seth Game 7 uh, preview episode. Uh, this uh, tequila for the, for that. We're going to be just fine. I'm already prepping for the the game seven in Miami or in Boston that they're going to play. Don't um, even talk play. about Miami. I can't. I can't. I have tequila so what, on deck. We're good. What? Uh, what? I'm trying to think of the right way to ask the question. I guess what most has your attention over the next couple of weeks, few okay. weeks, month? What? What? What are you watching for? What? Yeah. You know, what? What can I don't know make make you look at things with this team a little differently, what, better or worse. You know, I'm not saying, oh, like, what do they need to prove to you or something like that? But you know what I'm asking. Yeah, well, here's what I'm keeping my eye on. I, and this is like, I'm I'm pretty in the weeds here, but I'm I'm like really interested in this philosophically. I think we would both, we would all agree that Tatum, Jason Tatum is a better passer than Jalen Brown. So you want, Tate, like the the reason the ball needs to be in Tatum's hands more is that Tatum is better at creating shots for everybody, like offensive flow in general. However, I, as much as like Tatum's height helps him the step back be a weapon, I'm just I've been I've just I've become obsessed with the catch and shoot versus pull up shooting numbers for these two guys. So this is catch and shoot threes. Tatum this year is net is forty five percent on catch and shoot threes. Jalen's 35% on catch and shoot threes. Tatum is 33% on pull up threes. Jalen is 37% on pull up threes. Hmm. So Jalen's percentage is actually higher on pull up threes than catch and shoot threes. And when I was talking about the, how like almost everyone on this team is like elite at spot up shooting, like Jalen really is the exception to that. And so I like, the ball does need to be in Tatum's hands. He's a better creator. But as the season goes on, that's the thing I've got my eye on is like, is, are there, can we get Jalen, can we get the ball into Jalen's hands more for some of these, like, some of these, like, end of the clock ISOs that end up going to Tatum more than Jalen? I actually think Jalen is more equipped to get a bucket in those situations when it, when it, like, when that guy is going to have to be the one who shoots. So that's the thing I've got my eye on. Well, there, there's there's the there's the headline right there, Kaufman. Should Jalen be taking the shots at the end of games? Right. Yeah, there. there's your headline. There it is. And 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 look, the data uh, sort of supports that. And 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 it just the thing is with with Tatum, the the catch and shoot numbers are going to always be outrageous. The problem is he doesn't get too many of them. That's the only problem. You can well, find. But why is that? I mean, like, so that's and and then the other piece of it is the is the pull up twos. Like uh, Jalen is a killer in the mid range. His mid range shooting is absolutely incredible. And so, man, just like I, I just can't help but wonder the last possession of the game last night. Like, why isn't that a Jalen Brown possession? And maybe, maybe it's because I, honestly, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Caldwell Pope was on Tatum and Aaron Gordon was on Brown, and and maybe that's the answer. But like, I just I wonder if there's a way to skew some of those possessions towards Jalen hmm. just a yeah. thought no it's an interesting thought makes you wonder if we'll uh we'll see more of it potentially going forward 
All right, so here's the here's the deal with the uh, Celtics' upcoming schedule. Again, uh, this this team is starting off a three game trip now. Uh, it's at Houston. Hopefully, they just absolutely wax Emay's ass again. At Dallas and at Miami. These are the three games you've got coming up during the week before Saturday return home against the Clippers, which uh, in all likelihood will probably. I don't know. We'll come at you at some point during the week. I don't know if it'll be uh, on Sunday in between those Saturday-Monday games or uh, at some other point during the week. Either way, rest assured, sometime over the course of the next seven, eight days, you will have another show from Evan and I. And uh, I am looking forward, obviously, to uh, having a, a guest along with us. But, Seth, you're not on with us nearly enough. We always love having you. So thank you for joining us and uh, offering the uh the 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 truly you perspective that this team has each and every time out. Thanks, man. I love these guys. <laughs> for Evan, I am Adam. For Seth Landman, do check us out uh, on uh, YouTube, obviously, with the video shorts, the full episodes, and wherever you get your podcast. Please do rate, review, most importantly, subscribe there. A short edition of Celtic Speed. It flew by in a blink. Enjoy the football this weekend, folks. We'll talk to you.